<laughs> Running. With. Scissors. Parental discretion is advised. Stop. Evan. And this is Kevin. And this is Running With Scissors. And we're back. Absolutely. Happy to be back, guys. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. I'm excited. Uh, we're going to start off, though, with talking a little bit of sports. I'm good. Get good. I'd be the water boy in every situation. Sounds about right. But I'd run that water bottle to you, baby. You guys didn't see him growing up in, in gym class. This kid was picked last every time. Oh, yeah, even for chess, which was a little insulting. Uh, Moving on. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to ask questions about that one. So the first thing we want to talk about is uh, uh, the injuries that have happened. My leg! Good Lord. So if you had, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, if you had Saquon Barkley, if you had, God, like 10 different dudes, I'm really sorry for your fantasy football team. Help me! Help me! Nigga! Because they need help, my guy. It was really bad. But, uh, you know, I mean, quick recovery for all those guys. Hopefully, you know, we do feel for them, especially with Saquon Barkley and Chris McCaffrey. Those guys are really, really talented. It's really sad to see someone that has that much And George Kittle. Don't forget George Kittle. And George Kittle, yeah. Not to to disclude everybody. Everybody that's basically been injured. Really talented guys. It's really unfortunate that they, you know, went down like that. And for those that had season-ending injuries, hopefully they recover fully for next year because I will be picking you for my squad. So let's talk about how we did in fantasy. I don't think we've gone over who our teams are, so I'm actually going to read you guys off who's on my fantasy team, and then Kevin's going to read you off who's on his. So my fantasy team is in a league called The Brotherhood. I've been in this league <laughs> for about, I think, six years. Yeah, because I used that to work at Target. Awesome, Everybody used to work at Target with us, people who are in the league. Yeah, The Brotherhood. Uh, my team's name is Team Choco Funny Man. I'm just going to run you through who's on the roster currently. Go ahead. Uh, from starters to bench, and some of the people are just because they're inactive. So I got Lamar Jackson's my quarterback. Okay. Uh, running back one is going to be Kareem Hunt. Nice. Uh, running back two is going to be James Conner. Wide receiver one is going to be Adam Thalen. Uh, wide receiver two is going to be Stephon Diggs. Uh, tight end because of the injury to George Kittle, who I did have, is going to be Hayden Hurst. Not bad at um, all. Flex running back is going to be Ronald Jones. Okay. Uh, kickers, John, uh, Justin Tucker from the Ravens. And then my defense is going to be the Chargers defense. So on the bench, we got Kirk Cousins. Yeah, he played like trash this week. I ain't going to hold you. He was some boo-boo butt cheeks this week. But more often than not, he's not that bad. But so. he slings it, so at least you have good weeks. Yeah, like last week he had like 25 points. So like it can range, but like hopefully yeah. it's a little closer. Uh, I got Carlos Hyde on the bench. I got Latavius Murray, Bernard Scott. Uh, and then I got a rookie. My X factor is going to be Henry Ruggs. From the Las Vegas Raiders. Ruggs did really well. Uh, yeah. I like him. I think by week 10, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And then, of course, it's Jerry Cordo, who's injured. How about you? Who's on your team? Uh, so, I, I'm only going to do – I have two teams right now, but I'm not going to do my work league because I am sucking ass in that right now. And so, whose fault is that? What did you do? What, what did I, you do? I had Christian McCaffrey. No, what he did, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know. So, he was on this hold my dick like type tip that he was doing where he was like, my team is so good, I can beat my coworker with my backups because I'm just such a bad motherfucker. All right, so I let the troll troll me. I'm sorry. You did it to yourself, stupid. All right, so this is called Thomas in the League of Winers. Thomas is my cousin. Uh, I like that, actually, because there are a lot of people that bitch every day. Uh, my my team's name is Mike Vick's Doghouse. Yo. Uh, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. So uh, my lineup was a little messed up. Uh, so my 
bench probably sounds better than my starters because I was switching them around this morning. But my starting quarterback is uh, Josh Allen. Then I have Robert Woods and Adam Thielen and Nikhil Harry as my wide receivers. I have uh, Kamara and Eckler as my running backs. I have Zach Ertz at tight end. And then I have uh, Jonu Smith. Yeah, Jonu Smith as my wide mm-hmm. receiver uh, flex player as another tight end. And then on my bench, I have I also have Ronald Jones. I uh, love that guy. Hey, he's a beast. Uh, he's Dak a nice Prescott um, as my backup quarterback. Right. I had Paris Campbell. Unfortunately, he might not even be relevant for the rest of the year. And then uh, he, he recovers. Yeah, he, I hope he recovers. Uh, I, he I had a really bad PCL injury, I think it is. Yeah, I haven't seen any Cowboys games yet this year. Not yeah. making jokes, but I just haven't got to him. No, Paris is on the Indiana uh, Colts. Indianapolis Colts. Oh. Yeah, unfortunate. Sorry, but uh, I also have Anthony Miller. Uh, he hasn't really done anything much yet. Uh, Jared Cook, uh, Adrian Peterson, and uh, Sims Jr., Steven Sims Jr. for the Redskins. Or Sorry, Washington football team. And then uh, my kicker is... Uh, Welcome to the club. Yeah. Uh, Zerline and then Buffalo defense. It's not a bad team, uh, but if I have a major injury again, especially at uh, running back, I'm going to be in trouble. But so far, 2-0, and o, baby. Same here, 2-0, and o, baby. And speaking on 2-0, let's talk about our weekly uh, results from last week. So we're, give them the rundown. All right. So last week, we had a few... Surprising results. So for Thursday, Browns Bengals, uh, Browns won. We we both kind of figured. Uh, then I'm just automatically it pops up the Patriots game. So I'm just gonna get out of the way. I know that was the night game, but Patriots Seahawks. I I called the Seahawks winning. Uh, we didn't get to record that one, but I I knew. Yeah, we're we're, we're still growing. Um, the Giants Bears the Bears uh, the Bears they won. Uh, Cowboys Falcons the Cowboys won. Uh, Packers beat the hell out of the Lions. Destroyed. Uh, Titans beat the Jaguars in a really good game, actually. I, I enjoyed watching the highlights from that. Uh, Colts beat the Vikings, unfortunately. Um, sorry, bud. Kirk Cousins, I need my money back for that 84 mil. You're fucking garbage. You're trash. <laughs> oh, my God. And then the Bills beat the Dolphins. Are we really surprised? It was closer than expected. Uh, 49ers beat the Jets. Beat the fuck out of the Jets. Uh, the Rams beat the Eagles, which was satisfying to watch. The Steelers beat the Broncos. Buccaneers won finally. I told you it would take a while, but they would win against the Panthers. So, I mean, it's not really a test of how good you are. Cardinals beat the Washington football team. The Chiefs beat the Chargers. Another really good game, close game. Uh, and then the Ravens beat the Texans. And then last night, the well, we're recording on a Tuesday this time. Last night, Raiders beat the Saints which was very surprising, but, you know, good for John Gruden because they didn't really believe in him, and now his team's really starting to come together. You got a point. And on that note, we're, I actually want to talk about week three. So let's talk about the week three game. So we have the Dolphins at the Jaguars. Jaguars. Texans at Steelers. Steelers. Bengals at Eagles. Bengals. Eagles. 49ers at Giants. Niners. Raiders at Patriots. I will never not say Patriots. And on a side note, Cam really was motivated in that post-game speech. He was damn near in tears. You could tell he really took that loss personally. 
this team can only do anything. It can only go up from here. They can only learn from these mistakes and keep going. Nikhil Harry looks great, and Edelman looks healthy. I feel like we're going to pull it out. We just need to get our run game together. James White, unfortunately, lost his uh, dad and his mom's in critical condition from a uh, car crash. Why he wasn't at the game this uh, past Sunday. Uh, prayers to him and his family. But they uh, they will have James White back, hopefully, for the next game. And we're going to have a dynamic threat. And we're going to be better. So I say we're going to win. Raiders. I'm a local kid born and, born and raised in Las Vegas. Moved up That's to Maryland fair. when I was little. And then I kind of got raised in between the two. So I'm kind of, I'm always going to be a little bit biased because I'm, I never had a team growing up until like I became a Vikings fan. But now that I have a local football team in my city, I, I, of course I want to support. So I'm going to go ahead and say Raiders because the way they played last night, because we're recording this again on a Tuesday, was, was pretty legitimate. Like they it were was. real. And I don't want to downgrade what they did. They were amazing. Now, speaking of my teams, we got to go to this next one. All right. So I'm sorry. It's buddy. very rare when I actually do this, when I actually have to say this, but. Help me. Help me. Nigga. If you guys have seen our fucking secondary for the Vikings, it's like a fucking turnstile. Like, anybody can get through that right now. And so for that reason, and the Titans at Vikings matchup, I'm saying Titans. Until I see Titans. us clean that shit up, I'm, I'm going with, with the, the, the other teams. Because we are just not looking good on defense. And you can't win games if you can't score more points than the other team. And if Kirk Cousins plays like that again, it will be a blowout. Yes, sir. Uh, speaking of games that could be a blowout, uh, the Washington Football Club at the Browns. Actually, you know what? I, I will say Browns. I, I thought about it. I will say Browns because their run game was amazing. We're in agreement. The Browns' run game is the truth. Uh, Rams at Bills. I, I say Bills. I am going to say the Bills too. Fair. Bears at Falcons. The Bears. I got to say the Bears. They look really good. Panthers at Chargers. I say Chargers. I'm going to go Panthers. The Panthers lost the last couple of weeks, but they didn't play bad. They just played better teams. Fair, but Eckler is going to go off. Jets at Colts. God, it's like two shit teams. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Colts. I'm going to go Colts, too. I know they're injured, but Jesus, the Jets. Cowboys at Seahawks. <clears throat> Game of the week. I think that's going to be the best game of this week. I'm I do. I think Russell Wilson is literally building up an MVP year. That dude looks amazing. You can't, you can't, you got to let Russ cook, bro. Uh, yeah. Seahawks. If they, if they let Russ cook, Seahawks will win. Buccaneers at Broncos. Bucks. Broncos just lost uh, somebody. Von Miller. Yeah. They just lost Von Miller. I think they lost their wide receiver as well. Well, Corey uh, Cortland. Oh, Cortland Sutton? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm going Bucks. Bucks. Lions at Cardinals. Cardinals, easy. Cardinals. If y'all have seen Kyler Murray play, he is cooking. The, the top ten things that we didn't see coming this year, um, it would have to be probably top three of those ten would probably be Kyler Murray's development. Like your boy um, DeAndre Hopkins made this man the truth. Like this kid is he was good last year, but like he's a monster this year. I think he's gonna be a top ten quarterback. And their their addition to with Hopkins has made that team significantly better better from last year. Like. Now they have two wide receivers to cover instead of just one and then a bunch of shitheads. They actually, like, force you to uh, to actually play defense, and they are running through these teams. Packers at Saints. Another game of the week. I think the Saints bounce back from a loss. No offense to the Packers. They also look amazing, but uh, I think the Saints do bounce back. Uh, Drew Brees won't play two shit games twice. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. 
Aaron Rodgers is still that man. The Chargers are not even in this game. I don't know why I just said the Chargers, but the Packers are going to probably destroy the Saints this week. I'm saying it's going to be a shootout probably like 35-30, but I definitely see at least 50 points being scored this week. Like minimum 50 points. Yeah, Saints defense isn't that bad. They just got exploited. Neither is the Packers. Fair. And then uh, the last game, the Monday night game for next week, is going to be the Chiefs at the Ravens. Jesus. That's a good – I'm watching the shit out of that. Um, Damn. I think the Ravens pull it off because the Chargers gave them a hell of a game. I'm going to go with the Chiefs just so it's interesting, although I I really don't know who's going to win, but I'm going to say Chiefs so we have an opposite because I want to make sure we can actually have a lead because currently – through the projections, I think through two weeks, we're we're still eight and eight, we're sixteen and sixteen. Yeah, we're both even. Which is crazy. We picked different games, we still both ended up sixteen and sixteen. We're not doing great with the picks, but we're trying. Hey man, we're gonna get better. I'm gonna pull I'm gonna pull ahead like I'm going in a second gear on this bitch. We're, I'm, I'm gonna take my W this year. You better believe. I'm getting the RSW championship. We'll see. RWS, sorry, I got dyslexia now. I said RSW, it's RWS. So the next thing we wanted to talk about was, uh, just to switch up the sports for a second, uh, we are going to talk about the NBA real quick. Uh, it is the conference final. So there's only really four teams to talk about, thankfully. I was running out of uh, you know, figuring out who the hell was still playing. But uh, the Nuggets, I am sorry. I disrespected the hell out of you the last time we were recording. Uh, and I was like, oh, they're done. And then you won three games in a row, beat the Clippers, and now you're playing the Lakers, who are currently up, I believe, 2-0 and after a last-second shot by Anthony Davis yelling Kobe, which was amazing. But uh, I got to say, they'll at least bring it – they'll at least get one win out of that, but I think the Lakers are on a fucking war path right now. So I'd say the Lakers win that one, and then the Heat and the, the uh, Celtics are fighting it out as we knew they would. Uh, the Celtics came back really strong the game after they went down 2-0. I think that game goes to 7 but I think the Heat do somehow shock the world and get into the finals. Either way, there's going to be some great storylines to talk about, actually. So there's going to be the, either the Lakers-Celtics or the Lakers-Heat, because I'm, I'm going to make the assumption that the Nuggets aren't going to make it back from this one. They're not. Uh, on one hand, you have the Lakers-Celtics, who've actually played 12 times in the finals together, with the Celtics actually owning the all-time record at 7-5 to five in the finals. And then on the other hand, you have the Lakers and LeBron playing against his old team, the Heat, and the Heat making the first finals since he left. Either way, it's going to be a LeBron-centric finals if you look at it like that. I mean, isn't it always uh, ESPN loves when he does well? Except for if it's Skip Bayless, of course. And speaking of Skip Bayless, we actually got to switch gears real quick and talk about our next segment, which is going to be Who Hurt You? And this week, Skip Bayless is our topic. Go for it, my guy. All right. So Dak Prescott made a comment about how it's been a really rough uh, quarantine. His brother actually ended up committing suicide uh, through all this. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. And uh, so Skip Bayless basically... To sum it up, because I don't have the exact quotes in front of me, he basically was like, well, you know, you need to get over it, or you, you can't be out here, you know, publicly talking about it. Uh, you have to lead the team. You're a leader on the team, and you have to be strong. And, and a lot of that toxic masculinity stuff, and I don't usually say the word toxic masculinity, but I will today, uh, because, you know, a guy that just lost his brother and who has obviously been dealing with a lot in the offseason, especially because he's been forced to be home, Knowing how it is to personally have dealt with depression and being alone during the quarantine is, has been very unhealthy for a lot of people. Actually, the suicide rate went up during quarantine as well. Uh, I think it was very inappropriate for Skip to talk the way that he did. 
I understand he probably came from a good place where he was trying to uplift, not even uplift him, but at least, you know, try to focus on the fact that he had a team to lead and maybe try to give him some words of encouragement. But it went completely sideways. And at this point, it's like you can't dis, dis can't belittle. Sorry. You can't belittle somebody for having the feelings that they do, especially a man where we live in a world where, where men are usually told to uh, calm their feelings down or not really talk about them outwardly. For a guy to go on public television and talk about the death of his brother the way that he did in a way that's like, hey, you know, it's been really hard for me. I've been trying to get through it. Uh, and then to just make those comments the way he did. You know what? Uh, honestly, fuck you, Skip Bayless. Fuck you. Um, so I'm on a little bit of a different boat on this one. Not that I disagree with his overall sentiment, but I am, to be honest, I'm biased on this one for the fact that I listen to Undisputed on FS1 like every day. And for you, for those of you at home who don't know, Undisputed is the weekly and daily talk show with uh, Skip Bayless and um, Shannon Sharp. With an occasional guest, you have celebrities. You have like I think her name is like Molly. It's like a blonde lady whose name I will put later on the on the page. But just they usually have up to potentially three people on the microphone talking. So like they talk about everything. They talk about music. They talk about basketball. They talk about football. They, they talk about everything on the show. They talk about life. And so for me, having seen Skip like every day for the last like year and a half. I've seen the different parts of this man from him. There's the there's the parts where he is being a dick and he hates on LeBron because he's not Michael Jordan. There's the parts where he's really critical of players. There's the parts where he's like really biased or like really like opinionated. But what I also saw was the human part where like at deep down when he has a hot take, it doesn't come from a place of malice or, or disingenuousness. And I also feel like if Dak had actually responded and said something directly to Skip about the comment that was said, I do believe Skip would have responded and they would have had some kind of discourse where they would have talked it out. Because in my experience of watching Skip Bayless talk about stuff, he is actually somebody who will actually sit and talk to people when he says so certain things. Unlike other talking heads that will just say something and then like like a Stephen A. Smith and be like, I said what I said, bitch. Like, that I don't respect. Like, if you say something and you're wrong or you say something that's just like you know is just not received well, you should know what you need to do as a person. Like, a, as a public personality, when you fuck up, you need to own up. And like I feel like Skip does that. So I'm not going to slam this man, but I understand why you feel the way you do. That's fair. Here at Capital Workspaces, they provide fully furnished office spaces, podcast rooms, and even kitchens to help you be your most productive self. Because here at Capital Workspace, they realize that everybody needs a little something to get themselves going to do their best self. Here we have artists, musicians, audio technicians, podcasters like us, who all come here to get stuff done to help us be our best selves and get our brands where we want them to be. Capital Workspaces. Get here and get to work. Get your popcorn ready, boys and girls. It's time for movie reviews. Oh, yeah. It's fun time. So if you guys follow us on social media, we actually had a live review and live reaction to the Mulan Disney live action film. So I'll let you go first, Kevin. What were your thoughts and what was your review of the movie? It was more culturally accurate. It took a little bit of elements from the original. Well, the original is in quotations because the story of Mulan doesn't start with the Disney movie. But I liked it for what they did. Uh, they tried their best with what they had. Uh, the acting was sometimes a little wooden in certain parts, uh, but the score was good. The cinematography was amazing. Everything was really well shot. Uh, I liked some of the additions that they did, some of the changes they did. I did not like some of the fill-ins for other characters that they tried to shoe in there. Uh, overall, I'd put 7.5. I know that's a little harsh. Uh, trust me, other movie reviewers have been a lot harsher. 7.5 isn't bad. It's like still passing. Yeah. It was good. 
I wouldn't put it in one of the greats. I wouldn't even put it as I still put Jungle Book as my favorite live action Disney movie so far. The one of the remakes and quotations because a lot of them haven't been true to form. So that's how I feel about it. All right. So my thoughts on it. So for once, my thoughts on it actually changed after I did my research on the actual story behind Mulan. Okay. Because one thing I want everybody to realize is that a lot of the Disney stories are retellings or reimaginings of cultural stories throughout the world of different mythologies and different cultures. So Hua Mulan, the original character, uh, was actually a female warrior from the northern and southern dynasty era, 4th to 6th century AD Chinese history. In the regular legend, she takes her middle-aged father's place in a conscription for the army by disguising herself as a man like the story does. But what's different is it's a it's a prolonged and distinguished military service. So this isn't like a, a three-day movie. like One this battle. Sort of, this yeah. is like a long time, like, I became a general type deal. Like She was like that lady. She was a boss. But she also dies in active service in the original telling, which is different. So when you look at it through that way, and then you also bring into account that, of course, it is still Disney who made it, so they're going to try to fit some of the things so that the the live action resonated with the uh, older audience. So like they also, if you were paying attention, put the original like songs like as soundtracks. So like there was no words, but they had soundtracks over the similar moments. No, I liked it. It was subtle. It was very subtle. So for me, my actual review of that movie is going to be an eight point five out of ten for me. Now, Kevin, I have a question for you. Would you say you understood the concept of that movie? Good. For the most part, yeah. Now, you know what movie I have no fucking idea what's going on? Tenet. Yeah. I, so uh, Christopher Nolan is a very great director, most known for the Dark Knight trilogy, but he also has other famous movies like Interstellar or uh, Inception, where Inception is like a very like brainy, you have to watch a couple times to fully understand it type movie. And I feel like Tenet was in that same vein, in that even though we both saw it, um, it wasn't something where you're going to understand it after only one viewing. And so for that reason, I will probably at some time in the next week go re-see it so I can fully feel like I understood the concept. But because I couldn't really get my head around it, I'm giving it a seven. The cinematography was great. The action scenes were great. And the reverse choreography and, like, the fighting was great. That's fair. Because the whole concept was, like, an, like, time being relative and how it all interrelates with, like, history and events and how we look at time as being linear when, in fact, it is one way or the other. Like, the big thing about the story with um, Tenet is that it's a story about uh, a man who's in the past who um, is, like, a secret agent. And then he meets people who have the ability to uh, reverse time and call it, like, influx time. And he finds out that there's a whole secret, like, in, like, reverse war going on with people who have history of this thing called Tenet. And throughout the movie, he's just meeting people and he's seeing the, the events about a terrorist who's actually trying to blow up the world. And you see, like, and he finds out in the story that actually, like, he is actually the guy who created Tenet, the organization, but you find that out at the end. And it's, like, seeing how it all works and how it all plays together. Like, in a lot of the scenes, um, you'll see the same scene three different times through the perspectives because there's, like, there's the original, which is, like, forward time. Then there's one inverse, and then if you look closely, there's another inverse. And it's, like, it's fun because you get to keep looking back and seeing, oh, that's why that happened at that first time. That's why that happened because every different thing has a cause and effect that all it looks as one moment the first time you look at it. And that's why I couldn't say I could look at it one time because, like, uh, it, there's a couple scenes where there was, like, multiple that you really don't see until you get to the end of the movie. So for you, Kevin, uh, sorry to say the whole thing, but uh, what were your thoughts and what were your feelings and what's your review of that movie? Um, first off, the cinematography will probably be the best that I've seen throughout this year. I know there's not a lot of competition this year, but it was incredible. The effects were incredible. I want to personally see the behind the scenes for this movie. I will buy the Blu-ray just to see, or the 4K, just to see 
the behind the scenes for this movie because it was incredible how they shot it and I know it took a lot of time and effort and it's probably really unique to other movies because they had to do a lot of cool things to get that done uh I loved the acting Robert Pattinson man you know I used to hate on that man I used to be one of the ones like (laughs) sparkle vampire but he actually is like killing it right now and I don't know Uh, of course the story is a little bit confusing like he said uh he summed it up pretty well that it it's something you have to watch twice. Like I will have to go back to the movie theater to watch it twice to really get a firm understanding of the story and a firm rating. So my rating is kind of tentative on me watching it again, but overall great acting, great cinematography. The story is a little confusing, but honestly it's supposed to be, I feel like this is a movie that the director wanted you to watch more than one time. And it's something that you will get after watching more than one time. And I understand, and I like a movie that doesn't give it all to you. It makes you think you go out of the theater. And the first thing I did was think about what the hell just happened. And I like that. It's not a movie that hands you everything all at once. Like, I want to think about it. I want to be tested. I think this is one of his better movies, cinematography-wise, especially with the acting. He had a bunch of powerhouses in it. I think this would be a 8.2. Once I rewatch it, I'll probably revisit the rating, too, because the more I think about it, it is kind of static, because once I feel like I fully understand it, I can really appreciate it, because there was a lot going on, a lot of moving parts. But I liked it. I liked it. So what's something that you hate more than anything in the entire world? What grinds your gears, Kevin Lonergan? Healthy food. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I just wanted to say, uh, if you bring your fucking baby to a horror movie one more goddamn time, I'm going to chuck them. I'm going to chuck them into the water. Which water? I don't know. I'm going to find water, and I'm going to chuck them into it. How? Like, I saw this little girl that was three years old at this movie called Crawl, which is about alligators going into this woman's house, and there's flooding in Florida, and now there's alligators everywhere just eating people. Straight up eating people. Jesus, is that, is that, are you sure it's a horror movie? That's not just it's Florida? It's a horror movie. It, it, it should be just a documentary on Florida. It's a Florida man, the Florida. story. <laughs> the but, motion picture. Exactly. But it was like a straight up, like, gory-ass horror movie with a lot of jump scares and real effects, and it's something where even I had a lot of trouble with it. So... Not trouble with his, and I was scared, but trouble with his, and I was like, oh, that's fucked up. He just has his head, like, chopped off. But this little girl is, like, s- basically screaming in the fucking theater, and her dad's like, oh, it's okay, baby girl. It's okay, don't look. Then why'd you bring her? So it's like, why do you bring your kids to horror movies? Like, you can't find a babysitter or shit? Leave them with the homeless man outside. I'm sure they'd be safer than watching The Conjuring 2 in IMAX. It's ridiculous. However... If you got some big ass titties and like you like feeding the baby in the room, I'm still here for it. I ain't shit, but it's okay. I'm not gonna second that one. No offense, but they hear that they they agree with me. You suck. Anyway, besides your degeneracy, uh, I just I really don't understand because I have I have cousins that have kids and stuff, and I understand that you have kids and it's really hard to find a babysitter. Blah blah. blah. But you're going to not only are you going to like some iffy you know, MCU movie where it's like, eh, maybe the kid can watch it, maybe they can't. But if they're underage, like if they're under three years old, they should not be in a movie that's going to scar them for the rest of their life. You saw a toddler in a movie? Hold up, pause. I got to bring the mic back to my face because I, I need to make sure I'm fully hearing this one. Three years old. You saw a three-year-old. At Sinister. You ever seen Sinister? Yeah, that wasn't that one of the That movie the scared the movies? shit out of me. Was that the one with the nun? It's not. No, it was one with the found footage. Oh no, that Sinister is the one that was in the prequel for it that had the red monster. 
No, no, that was Insidious. Sinister is the one where the guy is looking through old footage and the demon is through the footage. Oh yeah, that one. Uh, ooh, yeah, that one. Fuck. Nah, me and there's up. a three year old in the theater just chilling next to her dad. And I'm like, she's either going to become a serial killer or she's going to literally have the worst nightmares you've ever imagined. Or she could end up as Friday from the, the Adams family. That's always a possibility too. Yeah, you know, there's she's, some she's either going that. goth or she's going to kill 17 people. Or maybe both. It's more fun when you don't know the possibilities. Exactly, but it's like, why? I was, uh, that almost took me out of the movie, because I looked over and I was like, is that a child? And they're sitting there eating a lollipop, and I'm like, why? So, That's what I got to say. And then Evan also had a problem with something that hurt him, uh, another episode of Who Hurt You. We're going to do two of them this episode, because a lot of people have been fucking up lately. Well, tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, so on that kid tip, Dan Harmon, you are a fucking creep, bro. Like, you're disgusting. I, bro. Help me. Help me. Like, nigga. Come on. You're killing me, bro. So, if, for those of you who don't know, let's bring it up and bring you back up to speed. So, Dan Harmon got in some hot water about a month and a half ago for releasing an old video of him with a skit he did before Rick and Morty came out, uh, where he was in an office talking to a friend, then he went home he goes home to a, a fake baby, pulls his pants down on a camera, and begins fucking the baby. For everybody that actually is on social media who looks at that, we were condemning him and saying, I couldn't watch that anymore. But you have to realize there's so many people who aren't going to look into that who are still going to watch Rick and Morty. And I don't feel the same way now because that's disgusting. And when you think about it, it doesn't surprise me. When you look at the actual jokes and content that are on Rick and Morty, Like I'm not surprised that the guy who does this has a couple screws loose because you don't make Rick and Morty being a normal, emotionally healthy person. Like, no, that's and, not a thing. And like they say, a lot of comedians are dark and have a lot of dark stuff going on with them. A lot, a lot of these producers are also dark. But but I draw the line at baby fuckers. But, no, no, let me finish. Let me finish. Uh, but I mean, I watched it. Unfortunately, I watched it. I only watched it because I knew we'd have to talk about it. And there was, I wasn't, I didn't even, ch- I didn't crack a smile. There was nothing funny about it. Like, who told you that this was comedy? It's disgusting. I know it was a baby doll, but just the implications of it alone are like, what the fuck's wrong with you, dude? Don't fuck babies. Please. Hello, guys. This is Kevin, and across from me is Evan. And we wanted to just take this time to thank you once again for tuning in to Running With Scissors, episode four. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of, you know, fun and excitement doing these episodes for you guys. It's always a good time, and we do appreciate you guys' feedback. The excitement from other people hearing more stuff is always really helpful. And then ideas that you guys have been giving us, and we have been taking it into account. I do appreciate your input. But we do want to take this time to give you guys an opportunity to, you know, let you know how you can help us. So if you go to this site, www.patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash running with scissors, R-U-N-N-I-N, W-I-T-S-C-I-S-S-O-R-S. And there's donations that are available for that. Uh, we will be giving away special bonus content for those that do donate. You can donate any amount. You will still get the content. And for the first 100 patrons that do sign up, you will be getting a special gift. So, you know, tune in. Sign up if you can. And we do appreciate you guys, as always. Again, that's www.patreon.com slash runningwithscissors. And this just saying, we're going to do our top five. This week, we're going to do songs that we like all time, and then rap beefs that we wish were still going on. So I'm going to spot Kevin the first word of his, because he's melanin deficient. Niggas! In Paris. Uh, that's 
It's very much up there for me. I love that album. Uh, Till I Collapse by Eminem. Uh, In the End by Linkin Park. R.I.P. Chester, uh, one of his greatest songs ever. Uh, Only God Can Judge Me by Tupac. I think that's one of his greatest songs. It's very relevant today. He has a lot of really deep meaning in his songs. Love him. And then Isis. It's a weird song. Very new. The newest one that I have on that list. It's kicked off a few others. Joyner, Lucas, and Logic really pulled that one together. It's very lyrical, and it's, it cranks. What about you? My Band by D12, because it was irreverent classic. as a kid. It was classic. Maria Maria by um, Carlos Santana and uh, uh, the product, G&B. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calling, Losing My Mind by Swedish House Mafia, which was three uh, DJs by the name Axwell and Grosso and Steve Angelo. Three greats on their own. And I think to this day, I think right now, the biggest one would be Ingrosso, actually, because he's, he's still been having like a solo career. Like when like uh, Justin Timberlake left in sync, he's been pretty good. I like him. Um, Thong song by Cisco because <laughs> I like things that are inappropriate. I can't help it. That's uh, fair. Uh, Jesus is the one by uh, Zach Fox. Everyone who knows me, who hears me say this, I've heard this fucking <laughs> song like thirty times. Because I got depression. <laughs> That's my shit. <laughs> but you also had a sixth one that you kind of had up there as well. I did. Oh, I almost forgot. And actually, we both share one thing in common: a love of Logic. Yes, because he's biracial. <laughs> if you Maybe. Didn't know. Maybe. Uh, my song by Logic, however, is going to be Stainless. That's fair. And you know what? If I had to throw up a Logic song in there as well, I kind of like, um, this is going to be a weird one, but I, I kind of like his uh, first album. Uh, just any of the songs on those would be when my- Under Pressure? Or do you mean pressure. that could be the true story? Under Pressure. All right, under Pressure. What song is it? Uh, the one that's like, oh, God. Oh, my God. Uh, you guys, uh, the song is Whoa, is what he's trying to Whoa. say. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa is really good. Whoa. I still have it in my workout list. Got to get it like, whoa. And by workout, I mean when I, when I walk outside in the morning. Yeah, his, he can't see his dick to this day. Yikes. But uh, we're going we're gonna to switch that topic from dicks to people we wish were still dicks because uh, we're going to talk about some rat beef real quick for all yes. of you. Yes. I love myself some good rap beef. It's great a sirloin. So for me, my favorite rap beefs are going to be Drake versus Meek because it led to some good music by both parties. Um, then it was Eminem and 50 Cent versus Ja Rule because to this day, it's I, I still believe that one's kind of still going on. Like when uh, 50 Cent brought the first two rows of a Ja Rule concert, it'd be empty. That's some petty on levels I want to get to. Uh, Nicki and Cardi because it led to Bo- uh, Bodak Yellow, which was a great track, one of the best a couple years ago. Um and then I'm going to also throw in M versus uh, Nick Cannon. That's fair. He actually took mine, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, he's a little color. Uh, we tried to color coordinate it, but yeah, I forgot he's colorblind. I but, don't uh, see color. Huh, huh, that's what they all say. And they also have red hats. It's kind of weird. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so Nicky and Cardi, uh, mostly because I think that was the best music from both of them is when they're beefing with each other. I still love Roman's, Roman's Revenge to this day. It's one of her best songs, and I wish she had done more stuff like that, but she decided to go a different route, unfortunately. Um, I will also add to that, MMGK, I think Rap Devil is a really good song. Honestly, it's still, it goes. Like, obviously, I, I like Eminem more than MGK just because of their overall, you know, what they've done. M still kills MGK. MGK is an up-and-coming artist, though. He still has time to beat the goat. Well, let's not say up and coming. Man's been not up like and coming, years, but like but he's still a newer artist. He's not a legend yet. He hasn't yeah, become he's established not a to that level. He's not huge, huge. Yeah, but I mean, if he still, if he keeps sleeping with the women that I wish I had when I was younger, he might become a legend. Here, I'll throw you another um, rap beef you can put on yours. It's going to be Charlemagne the God versus his guest on the Breakfast Club. 
See, I would I would say that, but my first line, if I was beefing with him, would be, "Why'd you send a uh, you know plastic ass to DJ Envy?" That's still suspect to this day. You know what? My first line, my guess would be Drake, Drake. <laughs> and then the last one is God. This is an OG beef that I wish was still going on, even though both of them might not be as prominent in the rap game as they used to be. Although one of them's damn near a billionaire. Uh, Jay-Z and Nas will forever be one of the greatest beefs of all time because both of them went for the throat. They weren't playing any games, and they put out some bangers, although I still say Ether is one of the greatest songs of all time. Ether is that shit my mom plays before she gets in an argument with my dad to get herself in the right mind. She just gets the broom, snaps in half, has the sharp point. She's like, I'm ready. Yeah, it's, it'd be crazy. And, you know, with this one, we're going to wrap up this week's episode of, of The Broken Fridge times two, which is now called Running With Scissors. I almost forgot. 2.0, baby. But for those of you guys who did know about The Broken Fridge, it's one of our favorite all-time projects. And actually, if you guys want, if you let us know how you feel about the content we're going to drop with it and you like it, we'll give you some more. We just recorded a couple different episodes with that one. So once, it'll be additional bonus content this week, so look out for that. It'll be pretty good. Um, so, again, this will be Evan. And this is Kevin. And this is Running With Scissors. And, of course, as we always do, to infinity and be I'm nope not, I, can't, I can't say it. nope I, I used up my nigga quota for the week so I didn't want to throw it there uh, and beyond baby baby Hey guys, uh, just wanted real quick, I know we have ended the episode and hopefully entertained you once again, but I wanted to at least do a little quick explanation. I know that we have uh, been delayed on recording episode four. That is because uh, this past Friday afternoon, my grandfather, John Jack Lonergan, passed away, unfortunately. Um, it's, it's been rough. Uh, recording this episode was rough, uh, but I'm glad I did it. It was It got me out of the house. I got to hang out with my boy. And uh, we got to make some more content for you guys. But, uh, you know, he was 89 years old. He lived a really long life, amazing life. He, uh, he was on the 1952 National Championship baseball team for Holy Cross, which is awesome. And he was a left-handed pitcher, lefty. And he also served his country as a United States Marine. So the man, the man really lived it all. He had six kids. 17 grandkids and 14 great grandkids. So it's a large family. We get real loud out here. But, uh, you know, he was awesome. He was a father figure in addition to being a grandfather. Uh, we would do everything from he would take me to Popeye's. He loved Popeye's after uh, school when he picked me up. He'd always eat my, I didn't like the biscuits for some reason. I'm weird. So he would eat my Because you didn't like being choked. That was why he didn't like the biscuits. <laughs> But he, uh, he, would, he would, you know, take me out to dinner. He would let me stay over when my mom was running late from work. Uh, it, you know, he did a lot. And I uh, just wanted to quickly, you know, from all of us, just say, you know, we love you, Grandpa. Uh, we, we definitely miss you. It's, it's been a rough week. Uh, rest in peace and uh, say hi to Grandma Mo for me. <laughs>